Hello, and welcome to Cosmic Cassette, an exploration into the sonic unknown. I'll be inviting the artists, DJs, producers, and labels who carry the mantle for sound across the musical sphere. I'll be asking my guests to pick five tracks that were particularly formative in their musical journey and which they would like to send up to space on a cassette tape to teach a newly discovered alien life force about life on Earth. My name is Matt Redley, the host of the podcast. I'm a music obsessive and a lover of all things otherworldly, and I'm looking forward to exploring new worlds in sound with you. We'll journey through galaxies and past stars together to send my guest transmissions to our extraterrestrial friends. For rights reasons, this podcast includes a jingle instead of music. But to hear this episode with the music included, head to CosmicCassette.com to hear this and all other episodes, or search Cosmic Cassette on SoundCloud. My guest goes by the name of Machine Woman, also known as Anna Votrova. She wears many hats as a DJ, tireless producer of techno and electronic music, founder and label head of Takeaway Jazz Records, and recent founder of a London meetup called Machine Sound Electronics Club for developing producers. She grew up in post-Soviet Leningrad, now St. Petersburg in Russia, before moving to the UK, gravitating to large cities like Berlin, Manchester, Nottingham, New York, and now London, collecting experiences which have filtered into her music. Although her identity as an artist is closely in rhythm with machines, she has a deeply personal and down-to-earth approach, constantly sharing personal topics and experiences in her life through her tracks, shunning notion of what is perceived to be cool and helping creative people navigate the music industry. I hope you enjoy. Anastasia, or Anna, welcome to Cosmic Cassette. I can't wait to hear the tracks that you'll be sending up to space. Hello, hello, and thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm very excited. Not at all. I can't wait to to get into things. So in a recent interview, you said that you lust over jacket potatoes. So I thought that was a good place to start. I'm a jacket potato lover myself, so I completely understand what gets you going about jacket potatoes? So it's a very deep question. I'm so glad you we start unpacking that from the beginning. Do you know what? I also would like to tell you a little story. So growing up in post-Soviet and tale of Soviet Union, we eat a lot of potatoes, but I never had jacket potato in Russia. Like it's very weird to eat potato with skin on. So when I moved to UK at the age of 14, and I remember seeing this dish. First of all, the potato was enormous. So I was like, this, like, there's something wrong with potatoes here in England. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. And we eat the skin. It's just madness. But I tried it. And I was like, this is actually so tasty and so beautiful. And I don't know. It just seems like a very homely, beautiful, simple dish. And relatively cheap. So, yeah. I love it. That's what I lost mm. over, you know, just maybe it's wow. to do with, I just always feel like that nice warmth inside from a potato. <laughs> hey, you're preaching to the choir. I completely agree. But you're saying in Russia, the skin was not on. The skin was not on. Uh, I guess when I used to go to children's camps, like summer camps, it's a very common thing. We'll send you away. During summer, somewhere in the middle of nowhere in the forest, and occasionally we'll go and have like a fire, and inside we'll put some potatoes and it'll bake in the skin on the coals. 
And when you eat the inside, you wouldn't eat inside. But yeah, it was very strange. And I guess such a deep question, but it's unpacking like a lot of like my childhood, how things were different and growing up and of Soviet Union and going into this new world, you know, even experiencing something like Jack Potato was so mm. new to me. And like people here would be like, oh, we eat this every day. There's nothing unusual that, about that. But to me, it was culture shock. So... <laughs> Yeah. No, we didn't eat skin. That must have felt such a huge move for you, dropping into the UK. I mean, in terms of how else your life changed, it must have been everything, really. Friends, family, all of those cultural markers, like jacket potatoes, but everything else. Yeah, the move was very strange to me because I didn't speak any English when I moved. The 90s were very harsh in Russia, especially maybe... For me, because I grew up in a single parent family and I remember times we would not have any food at home. And it's very different when people here say, oh, I'm starving, I don't have any food. I remember when I really didn't have any food, like there's nothing in the fridge, there's nothing, we don't have bread, we don't have potatoes. So coming into UK, my life has changed. I mean, it was it started to change in Russia because like this meat nineties was like really hardcore for many people, not just me. But yeah, coming back here, culture and everything changes, and you're still finding yourself when you're fourteen. You, you don't know what is what, you know. And one of the biggest shocks to me was because when I was living in Saint Petersburg, Leningrad, I lived in high rise. And coming back to UK and we were driving on a bus from Heathrow to the small town in East Midlands and people live in houses. And I was like, this is mad. Where's all the neighbors? You don't have neighbors? Like, this was so unreal to me. And I remember walking into the house and we don't have any neighbors. And I'm like, this is just wrong. I don't want to be here. I want to go back to my high rise where I feel at home. So... And when you start adapting, because I guess maybe me personally, I'm very easy to adapt to things, but maybe that move is exactly why I was adapting to things easily now, because I have moved around quite a bit. I lived in Berlin. I lived in New York for a little bit. Also Stockholm. I was in Poland. And yeah, a few places in UK too. And I always found it easy to make friends or find things I'm interested in in the small towns so I guess that move really shaped me for the rest of my life. Do you think it, it gave you a bit of restlessness I mean moving at that age and changing your whole life maybe that gave you a slight ease with these really big changes that you describe or maybe there's a comfort in it the big change almost knowing that you're going to be fine or that knowing that you're going to land in a new place and adapt and settle in i think that move was a relief i was feeling like i was escaping something very dark uh where i grew up and being free but obviously once you move from one place to another there's different problems will start but i guess that move definitely helped me adapt now and become who I am now with moving and accepting differences. So I guess it's become my love for seeing what's going to happen in any situation. I can see myself finding many different ways to resolve whatever I might be experiencing. If it's some discomfort, I'm like, okay, so it's one way, but let's find different ways at least try if something doesn't work or try something else and I think that was the the move from Russia to UK that really shaped my mentality now yeah it sounds like you've you've become a bit of a problem solver as a result of that I don't know does that chime you know what there's some problems I definitely cannot solve but I think it's more being at ease if you cannot solve anything I think maybe approach of being more open-minded about how you see a problem and obstacle and it's not end of a world yeah yeah absolutely perhaps it'd be a good time to just throw it right back to the back to the start really and to hear your first track 
that you're going to be sending up to space to our alien friends. So what do we have here? <laughs> so what I have yeah. here, this is beautiful because for whoever is listening right now, I'm holding this record in my hand, the vinyl. It's Bonnie M Night Flight to Venus. And I have had this record when I was maybe seven or six years old because my mom was collecting vinyl records back in the day and we used to have so many flexi discs as well because there was a magazine coming out I think like weekly or maybe monthly and you get like a flexi disc inside it and what I like to do with it not to play it because you had to pull it out of magazine and then you had to put it on your player I used to like to scratch it and it was like it, it was so fun maybe even back in the day i was experimenting with making sound even before i knew how or what's gonna come out and to me going back six seven so it's like 80s in russia living in concrete jungle like all the high rises and everything's gray all the time and people sad and hungry and there's always instability inside the country you just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow i'll play it every day because it has such a uplifting magical elements in the track that i just love to dance and i was imagining i'm going to space because it also has the robotic sampled like a robotic uh, vocal effect so to me it was like this is like this is magic because at the time I remember just when Soviet Union started falling apart and there will be films coming through and I remember it was a bit of Star Wars start coming through and that was, that, that blow my mind. I wanted to be Darth Vader because I was like, who, what is this? I guess my techno roots were really rooted deep into the Soviet Union, Darth Vader exposure when you're like six, seven years old girl in Soviet Union concrete jungle. But yeah, this record, it was, it, it made me happy and took me away from that life into some like space or magic or different parallel world. So that's why I love it so much. That was Boney M, Night Flight to Venus. Very fitting for a track that's going to be sent up to space. And it was released at the height of the disco era, wasn't it? So I'm looking here at the back of the vinyl and it says 1978 it was released, but I think it was coming to us, to Soviet Union later. So that's why to me it was, you know, people were having it and in 80s, maybe it came then before, because in 70s it was like mm. much more difficult to get vinyl of foreign performers from foreign musicians. It brings back such a good memories, even from very dark time of my life when you're just like free and you're just enjoying yourself because it was just me dancing to this sound, no one else. So, and again, maybe that's implying into my music. It's just me making music for myself. And if people like it, good. If we don't, good. I don't care. You know, it's just fun and it's for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you said that your, your brother had some bootleg tapes as well, which gave you an exposure to dance music and weirder stuff. And yeah. I guess the bootlegged element must have been a really big feature for music then as well. Oh yeah, God, it was cassettes. So like vinyl first when I was very little and then cassettes in like mid nineties, early nineties, the openness of Russia become very obvious. It was everywhere. You couldn't escape it. We had like new leggings, which were super shiny coming from Turkey and all the girls wanted to have them and were like bright pink. And I'd never seen anything that pink in my entire life until I saw those leggings. And the time cassettes come through and of course, because when you have cassettes, you get a cassette player and you start recording, re-recording something. So it was a lot of bootlegs or people like sharing mixtapes or recording something of radio and then making mixtapes from the radio and pass it on. And I remember... My brother had cassette and it says like acid jazz and I just thought this is so cool. I don't know what it is. 
and you know when I actually finally listened to I said jazz I'm like what the fuck is this but at the time it was also some rave and some fast electronic music and to me it was like okay this is like interesting but I have no idea what it is but at the time I preferred Eurodance because to me it was like the the color the song structure and then of course maybe we're coming to the second track that sounds like a perfect time what would be the the second track that you would want to send off into space the second track it would be scooter and move your ass that's the name of the track and i heard it again while going to disco so teenage disco in summer camp in russian forest and it was magical it's like what's going on what is this music what is this it was like you're growing up, you go through teenage years, you just enter in teenage years because I was like 11, 12. So I was just like on the cusp. And then you hear this music and it's like, it's, it's so beautiful. I don't know. I'm going to cry now. I think about Scooter, move your ass. I think I'll never say the same like sentence. I'm going to cry while hearing Scooter, move your ass. But I think it was like the moment, the emotion, the everything, the growing up. And then, you know, you get your heartbreaks, you know, you get your friendships and all these beautiful experiences. And again, in parallel to the really messed up situation was happening in Soviet Union, Russia, like everything collapsing and the rise of like criminals and everything together. So it's very empowering to discover something that really uplifts your mind and your body because obviously you were dancing and it's like you know you dance and work out it's before anyone knew what you know like doing physical exercises i mean we're not we're new we're new because like in russia like in summer camps you have to get up early and you have to do exercises before you go for breakfast but you didn't understand really you had to do that yeah but it was part of you go so it's a like a health uh and um i don't know like russian spa for kids but not like that glamorous so you yeah you get up in the morning you make your bed when you do exercise because it's it's good for you when you go to have breakfast and you have some free time when you have like lunch when you sleep a little when you have like little treats and then you know in the evening you have meal and then you have disco or some activities that was like simple form of this but yeah exercise were really important you know now looking back i mean that's very healthy like no phones back then, no social media, but you have like exercise and disco and you hear scooter and your life has changed forever. But, you know, it's very similar to, I guess, now a lot of people experience when they go to hear techno in a club on weekend, you let him go and it's like that, you know, you dancing and you getting into a music, loud music in the club with people where it's like this euphoria, I guess. And I just experienced that at 11 when I heard scooter at a summer camp disco. <laughs> that was Move Your Ass by Scooter. That must have been so powerful. Um, yeah. It's almost like a hard style track, isn't it? Very strong acid squelches coming through as well. Yeah. It must have just been like, other, yeah, completely otherworldly. I think it's um, the 165 BPM. Like I checked last time, I forget. So yeah, and you know, now what's popular now is like this like super fast techno, which is one six five, one seventeen, like more. Very popular right now. And I can understand why. I I wouldn't necessarily listen to this music now myself, but if you're just discovering, I think it can be very, very powerful. I love some of the lyrics in this. Lyrics like get off your shirts and wait for further instructions starting the microphone business <laughs> move your ass all right posse maximum respect to the whole european posse <laughs> i mean this guy wasn't this guy wasn't messing around but you have to remember i didn't speak english then i didn't know what it was it was just like easy to sing along but then now my favorite phrase from that song is it's nice to be important but it's more important to be nice and i just want to apply that to all of my practice most of the time you know no one's perfect but i really really like that phrase 
that's on your SoundCloud page and across some of your other socials. It feels like a stamp across who you are. And yeah, is that, how, how do you find that when things don't always go completely right and there are some characters who you might come across who might be slightly difficult? I think it depends on situations because we're all humans. So sometimes we don't know how we will react until we get into specific situations. So I can't say for every occasion, but I guess when you remember your worth, if someone trying to put you down or belittle you or, you know, it's like anything you put online, it's so much easier to criticize when create. And a lot of people would judge, comment, say something in a negative manner without exposing themselves or sometimes people do it intentionally because we do want to hurt you and get to you and it's very interesting how many people would come up and it did happen to me like sometimes it does happen people come up to me and tell me personally how much they dislike something in my music or my performances it happens but I guess the more extreme stuff I guess it's online and what you have to understand is there's billions of people in this world and if you start caring about how everyone thinks about you then you know you might as well just pack in now and to me I want to use my energy to seek out people who say positive things and encourage you and get excited by your creations or but by you you know because sometimes you have people in your life who might not like your music might, might not like what you do but we like you and they really want you to succeed and be happy and that's the people who I want to spend my energy on to people can say things and do things that might not be appropriate good intention well, let's concentrate on those who really uplift us and do good things and want us to succeed. Because I think that's very important to seek good in people and use your energy in that way. Yeah, wise words. Just on raising people up and putting your energy into people who want to learn. I wanted to ask you about the meetup which you've got going now, which is the Machine Sound Electronics Club in London. Because that yeah. feels like a very natural offshoot of that energy is that where that came from so i moved back to london relatively um, recently and i wanted to start creating community around me with my personal interests but i also get very inspired by people who do things and it's also come from things i have experienced myself while traveling and getting involved so in london there's a couple of meetups like cdr it's really fun one, create, define, release. I think in Corsica Studios, we invite people to come and do lectures and then we listen to the demos. And I actually attended one maybe more than 10 years ago. There was a club, Plastic People, in Shoreditch. And we were running one of the sessions and I submitted a track. And I remember Theo Parrish who walked in on my track and I was like, oh God. It's like, oh. but it was fun. And I remember doing Ableton user groups around Germany and Italy. And I remember going to Leipzig and we have it once a month where people come, give demos and we listen on the sound system, which is pretty much Bergein of Leipzig. It's a big techno club of incredible sound system. And you listen to the demos. And last time I went there, I did a lecture about my music process, how I create music. And I wanted to create something like that to see what can develop. And I played a show in this place called Marquis N16, which now I called our favorite techno pub in Shoreditch. Because upstairs, it's Dalston, actually. Upstairs, it's a pub, British pub and downstairs it's a club with function one sound system so i emailed the guy who books it malcolm i said like listen i want to do like meetup group and people have a chance to come and listen to the demos we produce in a bedroom we might have already play shows or we might not we're just starting out but to have this like group 
of like-minded people here in demos and have a little lecture. Can can I do it, a Marquise? And he said, yeah, sure. And I just love it. And the point is, you get yourself in a room with people who might be a first time hearing the track on the sound system, but the also first time they playing it to somebody else. This meetup group is not, it's not about criticism. It's about what feedback would you like to receive? You know, some people just want to experience hearing it on a loud function one sound system in a club. Some people ask specific questions and I say specifically, it's very important. It's not about criticism. It's about being in an environment where you can hear and learn and ask questions who are being judged for your ability, music style, what have you. So that's why I created that. So yeah, producers, if you're listening, this is your invitation to come down and dig up those tracks that you've kept in your laptop and thought, oh, I don't know if I should put this out there. This is your chance to come down. Yeah, and everyone who's also Um, interested of you know, get involved in the music industry because part of the session I do, I do or a guest lecture, there's a lecture about specific topics. So I did one about like getting signed to labels, how to approach it or which part of your journey, your musical journey, you would consider approaching a booking agent or get a booking agent. So it's a lot of different things. I think it might be the right time to hear your third track that you're going to be sending up to space. My third track is, oh God, this is like, again, in my hands, whoever is listening, I'm holding the record by this music producer called Actress. I'm like number one fan. Like if anyone says I'm number one, no, 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 I'm number one fan. Like that's 100%. And it's a signed record of his album Splash. And I, this next track is Hubble which I absolutely adore. And I think that was the opening to the electronic music for me, really, to go deep. It's really changed my world because that time I was playing in a lot of bands and I would play bass and drums and was influenced by Portishead and Massive Attack, I really like. But it was element of electronic music. I just didn't understand how it was created. But it got to a point where I signed up to evening class for Ableton beginners at, it was Goldsmith University. And I remember going to one class and coming back and it changed my life forever. Like that class, like one hour of Ableton, where the guys show how to do a drum pattern, changed my life forever because I was like, oh, this is, this is it. We have arrived. This is it. Thank you, actress. Hubble by Actress from his second studio album released on Honest John's and it's on the album Splash. Yeah. And you've got it in your hand. I do and I have it signed. This one is very special because it has Actress's signature. He signed it to me. I played a show with him. It was 2018 in December and I remember speaking to him and I was, I got very drunk. I don't usually get that drunk because I was actually sick at the show outside. It like never happened. So maybe it was nerves, maybe, I don't know. And I brought the record and asked him to sign because it's like means so much to me. And he was like, yeah, sure. And there's so much things people say about him like he's enigma he's like he doesn't talk to people he's all this and and I remember he arrived to his show and he just walked in past everyone and just like got into the DJ booth and put on I think it was it was Pet Shop Boys on and it was like well he's he's magical I love him but then speaking of him he was very kind to his fans so he was very kind to me and he signed the record and said yeah sure I can sign the record so it's again maybe don't believe what other people say until you meet someone and I think that's another lesson I'm learning not to idolize people you don't know because everyone's human and everyone can have different experience and your experience might be very different to somebody else and yeah he was he was very nice to me very nice uh, what a nice guy I, I saw him at the Tate Modern 
at one of the Tate Lates about a year or two ago. He was very late, but he really turned up when he did turn up and uh, yeah. was such a good show. Speaking of experiences at gigs when you've been drunk leads me onto a podcast that I actually heard that you'd recorded uh, some 10 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. And I believe it was called Sonic Disturbances. On your first uh, pilot episode, you tell a story about a trip to Manchester where you played a show and you had a good time. And then at 4am in the morning, you wander to the seventh floor and you hear some music behind one of the doors and there's a man uh, behind the door. Is this ringing bells? Yeah, it's, it's a true story. It happened probably one of first machine woman shows. It was in Manchester, actually Salford, not Manchester, Salford. And it was in a place called Islington Mill. It's tall, like you have to really climb upstairs and I was staying inside the building but I just forgot where I was staying and who with and once you're in it's like locked in and you're just like wandering around like artist studios and finally I found a way to where I need to be but I was walking by and it was like this big metal door and but I can hear like music like electronic music and I was like well what's going on there and because I was like drunk at the time and I open the door it was a jar and I saw this guy sitting there he's drinking coffee he's listening to some vinyl and there's like some electronic interesting stuff so he was drawing lines like big big drawing line it was like table and it's like it was like you walk in and the ceiling was very low because I think he had his sleeping area on top so it was like this like very small world and to me it was like entering Haruki Murakami novel I think it was like this novel called Dance, Dance, Dance. And I think there's a guy inside a hotel and he finds secret doors and lift and people appear and all the figures appear. So I start talking to him. I was like, can I come in? He's like, yeah. And we spoke and I was asking him about what's happening with lines. And he told me that he's like the artist. I have spent like about two hours there because it was just like so fascinating and so different. And I loved it. And the music was interesting. And then I went to bed and then people say, oh, yeah, it's Neil. Neil draws like he's like a painter, but he does it at night. I was like, wow. It's like, it's, yes, it's a true story. It's a true story. 4 a.m. Neil. Yeah. Beautiful lines. Yeah, it was beautiful. So magical experience. And then that became the inspiration for the track, The Man Who Drew Lines, which is on your podcast as well. Yeah. I, I was thinking about doing a whole podcast and like voice telling the stories. It was like, might be hard work, you know, <laughs> like to do to be in that zone <laughs> all the time, you know. Yeah, you'd have to have a lot of drunk nights wandering around buildings that you maybe don't want to do every weekend. No, especially now, I I don't even drink that much anymore. Like when I play shows, I drink coffee. Mm. That's my thing, like hot black coffee. Like, I love mm. it. And it came recently. I realized I was quite nervous before playing shows. So I having like panic attacks. And instead of understanding what it is, I would use alcohol to soothe myself. But now I know it becomes so much easier to handle that. And I don't have those panic attacks anymore. And I drink black coffee and it's just fun. <laughs> that's that's great. But sounds like a quite a scary thing to have panic attacks around a gig did they happen before or was that more anxiety after the gig has happened so how I found out it was panic attacks so I have fear of flying and in Germany a doctor prescribed me some tablets to take before I fly and they relax you <laughs> quite a lot and I've done that and it really helped me to go and fly to places because I was really really struggling it was so stressful and painful you, you have like symptoms of panic attack but I think it's like adrenaline overload the whole your chest is gonna collapse on you and you just have this fear and you're scared and it just it was so exhausting more than anything and looking back I have had that before every show and when I go on stage and I think a lot of time I would think, oh, it's just nerves because you're just nervous to perform. 
but I was playing fabric a couple of months back and I for some reason was feeling very unwell like physically my adrenaline was going through the roof I couldn't calm down I was just like feeling panic attack basically I was like oh it's it's like the chest hurts like everything and my doctor said you can take beta blockers it helps you because I didn't want to keep taking the tablets for when I'm flying because it's a different medication and I did a little bit and that day I performed first time in over 10 years with this absolute calm inside and when I realized god every time I performed I had panic attack and I needed to actually um take a beta blocker to suppress my adrenaline because it's the first time I enjoy playing a show with no fear also now it's improved a lot so by understanding what actually was happening to me I can take steps to make sure I'm able to handle I thought it was natural to feel this bad before you performed I thought it was natural to feel sick scared shaking I thought it was natural because it's nerves and you're gonna perform the ones the beta blocker which usually prescribed for anxiety or if you have a heart condition but it suppresses your adrenaline once I taken, I was like, hold on, mentally, I'm not scared to go and perform. I really enjoy this. But it was my body was reacting, like shooting down. It was like having that reaction that completely put me into overdrive and affected my mental state when I was performing. And it was a relief after you perform, you're like, finally, I could breathe. And I realized it's just because you are going through quite traumatic experience. And before that, when I would play shows, I would get drunk every time. And then the next day I feel like sick and it's obviously affecting your mental health, your physical health. And now I know how to handle it. I was like, I drink coffee and I really, really like it. It's mm. it's so nice. It, it worked for me. I, I'm sure it's like different people have different experiences of that. And I'm not a medical uh, practitioner, so I do not recommend taking beta blockers. You really need to get advice from your GP or like med- medical advice. So I wouldn't just like try to do it because... Machine Woman said that on podcast. No, I would definitely go because it also depends on your condition, depends on your health, you know. But I think it's interesting. There's a different ways of handling and understanding your body, your body and what's happening with you. Exactly. You didn't hear on this podcast that you should take beta blockers from Machine Woman. Yes, get medical advice before taking any any medication. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And coming back to some tracks that might stir up some feeling in yourself, what's the next track that you wanted to send off into space to our alien friends? Okay, we changed the order slightly, the tracks, but that's okay. You see, sometimes live changes and you're just like, okay, let's let's see what we can change it. The... You've got to roll with it. Yeah, exactly. So next track is Slipknot. So it's from the first album the first album i heard and i come from again like going back to my teenage years so at age 14 i moved to small town from a big city i moved into small town in this midlands and life changed as well and everything was strange and different and school was hard because kids don't like something different but it was still like weird and strange time being teenagers so i was buying magazines called Kerrang and Metal Hammer. I discovered Slipknot and my whole life changed again because when you lonely, angry teenager and whole world doesn't understand you and you have shitty people at school bullying you, you go into, you, you find something you need. And I think I also was, I had a cassette player and at night I would listen to Marion Hobbs she had like a rock show on at midnight. And I remember she was so hyper. And I think maybe I had Slipknot there. Or maybe it was Metal Hammer. And yeah, and the first track on that album is like this noises. And then it goes into like sick. And it's like this like metal powerhouse. And you just like, you get swept off your feet. And if you're feeling that anger inside you, suddenly your anger is is gone it's like you will feel this incredible rage from this 
eight or nine members of a band <laughs> and we're all wearing masks so we're all like this misfits and you don't know what we look like and you just like you start connecting these people and you become empowered i would love to be in slipknot studio when we're making those demos and those recordings because like even i'm not a musical person but the the tracks like so perfect the way we're done the timing just the chorus the verses the elements at some point you hear every member of a band inside the track and it's nine people you know so <laughs> or eight like i need to can i quickly google how many how many members of slipknot that could be like pop quiz trivia i'll be like i know i know and then my team loses because i says wrong number of members of slipknot oh god <laughs> But yes. Let's actually Google that. Yeah. How many? I go for nine. I go for nine because it's like oh, zero to eight. Do you reckon? Nine. I'll say nine. Okay. Nine. Uh, here You're here right. <laughs> Bang on. Nice. Yeah. Because it's a zero. You should have backed The first up. number is zero. I think it's like Sid with DJ zero. Oh, the next question is like, who's number four? Who is like number five and six? I'll be like, oh, I should know that. <laughs> that was sick from Slipknot. And I think you tried to play a bit of the bass guitar and the drums as well to imitate Slipknot. Was that right? Yes, that's correct. And I got my first job in a bakery on Saturday in this small town I was living and they actually had a small record store and I would see like all this merch of like Slipknot and stuff like that. And I wanted to learn how to play like drums or bass and I bought bass guitar, but then I saved enough money and I bought a drum kit, secondhand drum kit with double bass pedals. So it goes like, you know, like super fast, just like Slipknot. And I didn't tell my parents I bought the drum kit. So I come to my mom and say, oh, you know, just just letting you know, on Monday, we're going to have drum kit. My mom nearly had a heart attack. She was like, what the, like, you bring in drum, what, what are you, I was like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. So, but anyway, my parents give me a garage and I set up a drum kit and I was like making noise there listening to Slipknot like playing or like lots of new metal bands it was like Kitty, Slipknot, System of a Down, Corn. I don't know if I was really playing it properly and yeah and bass guitar was there too but I think it was more for like trying to be like Nirvana or something like that but it's back in the day I still have I should not the same bass like I, I have bass guitar here but yeah it's true. Awesome and Am I right in thinking also that you you told your mum that you were going to go babysitting and then went somewhere completely different related to Slipknot? Matt, what are you doing to me? Like the, the Slipknot police and Slipknot karma will get me. Like you can't get all those secrets out. <laughs> yes, I bought ticket to go and see Slipknot, who were on the first tour of UK and playing Rock City in Nottingham, and. I didn't tell my mom because I knew she was not going to let me go. So I arranged a babysitting job, which was not a babysitting job. It was my friend taking me to the Rock City to go and see the show and then taking me back. And I thought I got away with that. It was all good. Apart from, I think last year I was telling my mom the story. She was like, oh, I knew all the way because me and my, ste and my stepdad at the time, they drew after you because and they like, knew what you were doing. I was like, oh. So, yeah, just can't get away <laughs> from anyone. But it was no stopping me going right. to see Slipknot at Rock City. It was incredible. It was like so yeah. much power. And that's the time I really wanted to be on stage, like really wanted to perform. I was like, this is so much fun. Like, that's what I want to do. Mm. So, yeah, that's the story. Nice. I, I went to Rock City when I was like 16 or 17 and I saw Foles and I was completely obsessed with them. And it's quite a unique venue, isn't it? Because even when you're at the back, you're quite close to the stage because it's quite like long and thin. Yeah. And they book incredible acts there, like acts that would you normally sell out really, really big venues. But because they want to drop in on Nottingham, it feels like 
you can have such an intimate experience with a band that's usually playing like much bigger places just incredible i remember yanis the front man he got up on some scaffolding then ran along the top and he was going all over the crowd. Everyone was going absolutely wild for it. Yeah, I don't recommend climbing any like ropes. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, I can understand. And yeah, seeing falls, it would be like incredible. So yeah, there's so much power in them. Mm. So it's a lot of fun. Okay, great. What's the fifth track that you would like to send up to space to our alien friends? Okay, so the last track, I wanted to select something modern than something I heard like last week when I heard it I was like wow it's like there's so many different textures and interesting things going on and it's artist from New York Aisha and the track is Buzz with Triple Z and being me like anything I discover I want to post about it on social media and like tag the artist for the artist what's going on who's the label what's happening and I messaged her and I said, like, listen, this track is like, I literally just played it 10 times. I'm sitting here at my work and I listened to it for 10 times in my headphones. And I still want to listen to it 10 times. And I wanted to include something modern, modern, but maybe a story in process like now, because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Past happened and we discussed it, but present is very important. So it's important to live in the present and this track is like literally so fresh and I wanted to document this moment as of now what got me excited and this track did get me excited a lot. And that track was Aisha Buzz from the New York based Kindergarten Records label and they take a really like fun approach to electronic music don't they? It's it's whatever feels and sounds right rather than being prescriptive and i can completely imagine it just being a sensory explosion when you hear it yeah it's it's a lot of fun there's so many things going on and it's 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 fun i i can't describe anything else it's like energy and yeah i think she has like so much interesting things happening she djs and she produces music and i'm mm. just super excited to see how this artist develops in the next couple of years i was actually thinking you said in an interview that you really like working away at night and being a bit of like a night owl and obviously one of your tracks is about insomnia i wondered if that's where you feel like most at peace like with production and otherwise I think before I thought I was only able to make music at night when I had more time, when I didn't have a full-time job. Because when you make at night, you're like, I really need my beauty sleep now to feel refreshed and on point. And I think a lot of times you might be used to do things one way because we feel comfortable. And that's how you're used to. And you're just like, I'm not going to do it any other way. I tried. It doesn't work. But I tried now and I don't see it as... I can only make music at night. But yeah, I, I see things differently because I think I let myself experience it and try different things again because maybe it was not the right time for me to try to make music during daytime or maybe for, for specific reason I was preferring to do it at night. But now I don't see it as very necessity to be a night person. So give yourself a chance. Mm -hmm. and if People change, things change. And you change your approach to creative process. And I think you should definitely try it out and see how it works now. Yeah, try a coffee in the club, for example, just to I, kick things off. I See where you go from there. I love it because also coffee gave me like the kick. And I was like, oh, this is so good. Like the energy. And if you told me, I don't know, five years ago, you'd be drinking coffee instead of alcohol. I was like, what? That's not possible. It is possible. Things possible. You just have to see, test, try, maybe test again, try again, and see how it goes. And yeah, you change with experiences, you change with life. I guess that's what happened. And I'm pretty happy with that, actually. Nice. That's, that's like a really nice, nice message to take away. So I think that brings us on to the end of our chat and time to put all of the five tracks on a cassette tape to beam to our alien friends i wondered how you felt the aliens might receive them 
I think when they hear Bonnie M Nightfly to Venus, we'll be like, hell yeah, this is us. We're here. So I think we'll be very excited. Maybe when we hear Slipknot, we'll be like, what's going on? This is like, what's happening? We don't understand. When we hear like actress, we'll be like, oh, this guy is so cool. What's happening? Like, what machines does he use? And here in Aisha as well, we'll be like, oh, this is what New York is like. This is cool. So I think, did I miss one? Scooter. 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 Yeah, we'll be. (laughs) They'll think you've got to be kind to people. Exactly, exactly. It's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. We'll be like, this guy is such a philosopher. Really like it. (laughs) So I think we will have a laugh. I think aliens will be like, this is a good party. And really concise selection, finest selection, you know, like a five course fine diner (laughs) in New York. New York spread with with a trip to Rock City, dropped in. Delicious. They're in for an absolute treat anyway. Yes. Anna, it's been an absolute pleasure having a chat to you about your life, how you've progressed as an artist and hearing about your different musical influences. And yeah, just really looking forward to seeing you build the community around Machine Sound Electronics Club. I think it's a really special resource have in London especially when community can sometimes be hard to find and to draw people together to bring people who might not otherwise have thought of putting their music in a platform is really really special and to have you as a a mentor even for an hour at one of these sessions is really special so I'm really pleased to see you growing that and really look forward to see where it goes next well thank you so much matt for having me on your podcast it was a pleasure to select but difficult to select this five tracks and thank you so much for picking up my machine sound electronics club as everyone's welcome and yes community everyone welcome to the community of machine woman and it's not just someone will learn from me i'm always learning from people so it's it's always both ways of course of course it's a constant conversation absolutely well thanks so much anna and speak to you soon thank you humans i hope you enjoyed that alien transmission if you like this podcast please rate and review wherever you listened as it really helps us reach more earthlings If you'd like to hear more, visit CosmicCassette.com or go to SoundCloud, where you'll find all of the episodes. If you'd like to hear more from The Mothership, go to the website and sign up for the Cosmic Transmissions newsletter, which will give you a fortnightly email with the podcast, an incredible new music recommendation, and a club night recommendation. I hope to see you again.